have you join us hi sandra and this is my penultimate show so it's um getting close to the end oh that's a bit nostalgic <laughs> well, we can do all that tomorrow okay but it is good to have you here and i believe we have mr rwane on the on the phone as well good evening to you mr rwane good afternoon yes okay hello bismarck thank you for joining us well um you know we've got this situation where the how do i put it the um the new administration of president bola tinubu has been um getting a lot of um comment for its policies particularly these policies of um of floating the naira and removing the fuel subsidy and it's a situation in which almost everybody agrees that it needed to be done but the praises that are coming are coming from outside the country and um those inside the country who agree yes that these things needed to be done are talking about the impact on people but i wanted to talk to you bismarck not so much about the um not so much about the the actual um what the the economic effect of those policies but what they mean in ideas terms i should say that bismarck rewani is the managing director and chief executive officer of financial derivatives and um he's an economist he's he's a, he's a banker he's qualified as a banker and he was also on the um presidential advisory committee for um uh, from 2019 for the for the last administration so he has an idea of the policies that um we're talking about and what the impact was and why we were not able to um deal with them in terms of what it meant for people who were um trying to do the honest thing to behave with integrity and now it says if we have now handed over to those who could not behave with integrity by increasing these prices okay um thank you um hi i think uh, firstly i think the audience and and we want to know that economic policy is supposed to alter people's behavior and also to alter the economic outcomes and performance of an economy generally speaking um so we have short term uh short term outcomes medium term outcomes and long term long term performance issues um the announcement of the intention actually the announcement of the scrapping of multiple rates mm-hmm. come along with the announcement of a sharp reduction in the value of subsidies mm-hmm. had a direct impact on Nigerians as the benefits of targets of these policies and also the international community and we also are observing that because they have a stake in the Nigerian economy. Um, what has happened is that as a result of the convergence of unification of exchange rates you will find that officially the naira that was trading at about 467 mm-hmm. now traded as high as 713 in this instance went up to 758 went up to 770 and what is the real value of the naira in the coin exchange well, well not so much what is the real value bismarck but 
because before we used to have these dual exchange rates and yeah. it was a situation in which only a few people could access the naira at the better rate for the at the 460 rate and the rest of us because although you said that the naira has now floated and, it, and it, the, the value has but really the rest everybody else was having to source their naira at that um, 700 or plus um, at Naira rate, and it's a question of why did the situation? Why did why wasn't everybody able to get their Naira at four hundred and sixty? Um, yeah, because that that is what we call a price discriminating monopoly, where the man who has the supply determines who is going to sell to at one rate, and then the, and the others will get at the other market rate. Mm-hmm. So it is true that the bulk of Nigerians, in fact, most Nigerians. Were, having, were actually sourcing the foreign exchange at the prior market rate. And a few, an exclusive club, got it at the, uh, what I call the discounted rate. Mm-hmm. And we are these people. One, the fireball of Nigeria itself got the money at 460. Mm-hmm. The people that went to Hajj and pilgrimage got it at mm-hmm. 460. A few people that got the personal travel allowance got it at 460, a few people. Yeah. And the bulk of others were just got it and that rate and sold it back into the market to make a spread for themselves. So that 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 uh, that regime was not sustainable. That foreign exchange regime was not sustainable, and it was only a matter of time before we ran into a crisis. But was it not um, not sustainable because the people who were getting the money, the, the naira at the um, correct rate. We're not doing. We're not doing. They were not behaving with integrity. They were. No, that was that was given now because actually, if they got the money at four sixty and sold it to into the market at seven hundred, they made a spread. Yes. And what they did was to get a commission on it. But why it was not sustainable because that in itself means that the people that are getting at four sixty are interested in making sure that they never depreciated as much as possible so that they get more mm-hmm. right in the arbitrage uh, arbitrage activities. So but that for the sake of this audience it's good to understand that everybody knew that. What next? Because your question was that why the defense rate and why is that we're getting accolades from those who are outside rather than those who are inside. Alright? Now the three things that you got to know. The one is that the market structure that allows many more participants was first in changed. Secondly, that all the domestic account restrictions and others have been removed. Therefore, the, the rationing and restrictions have been reduced and therefore generally speaking there should be an increase in supply. Thirdly, is the fact that the actual the, the actual supply of dollars into the market has not increased. Therefore, what we have been doing is that we are actually just tinkering at, in the, at the edges mm-hmm. with what, 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 we have, what we have. Now, at this point, yesterday, the prior market was 815 and the, the official market was 775. Right? No, the, sorry, the official market was 815 and the prior the, the um, prior market was 775. So it made more sense for me to buy money in the prior market and sell to the prior government here. When that happened, it, uh, it now forced the central bank to bring its route down towards 775. Okay. So that's how markets operate. 
a covered in the form of the covered thing that you go overshoot the price when the demand falls and the price comes down and then it goes in that general zigzag direction. this situation with regard to our petrol prices. Um, the government was subsidizing petrol and it now seems as though um, at least a third of what we were producing and selling in Nigeria at um, the subsidized rate was being um, smuggled out of the country. And again, it's yes. as though because the government cannot control the behavior of those who find it convenient to smuggle, and I use the word smuggle in inverted commas, because quite frankly, when you see 50 great big truck tankers full of petrol riding openly across the border, the word smuggle doesn't really meet the, the you know, there's nothing clandestine about it. So um, again, it's as though because the government could not get a hold on what it was supposed to be doing, that the ordinary people who, um, uh, who, who have to pay in Nigeria are paying the price for those who, who did not... No, absolutely. You're saying, you're, saying the, you're saying the obvious, right? But the reality is that you have to ask yourself, why is that those people cannot be called to book? Why, there's, there's, there's a web of, of vested interest that doesn't allow this to happen. And the people who have the vested in who have the powers are the ones who have the economic wherewithal to ensure that they're getting to government. So isn't, isn't that really a question of, um, of, I mean, to me, it raises the ethical question of why we should have such a, a, a policy when we know that people are not going to behave um, in an ethical um, manner. Oh. Who is going to be held accountable for no, you, the failure of these policies? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you have dismantled, you dismantled that structure. And hopefully, because the, the incentive to move money from one market to another is no longer there, you will find that, generally speaking, things start to get better. So the deviation, instead of having 300 naira difference between the power and, and the official, now down to three, as a matter of fact, it became the other way, it became negative. So we will, I think, gradually and slowly, we will begin to see an improvement in these things. But in the meantime, there's a lot of pain, economic pain, on the ordinary man. And well, that's the point. The ordinary man wants to know that if I'm going through this pain with regard to the price of petrol, and the reason why the government has not been able to maintain the price of petrol um, for us is, is because, as I said, one third of it is being openly taken out of the country into our neighboring, um, into our neighboring countries. And um, because we've seen now that the price of petrol there has, um, has, has increased because they can no longer get cheap smuggled Nigerian petrol. And then people are, are entitled to ask, well, some, somebody must, must, must be held accountable for these failures of governance. 
Yes. So let me let me wrap this up very quickly. You know what happens? Once we have a policy change, it must be backed up by institutional reform. The institutions that will implement the policies and regulate the policies must be reformed. And you cannot do that without holding people accountable for what they did in the past. There must be penalties, and it must be obvious to the public that this is what has happened. So we are at that point where we announce the policy change. Yeah. We are at that point where we now have to reform the institutions that carry out the policy change. And we are at that point where we have to hold people accountable for the misdeeds of the past. Mm-hmm. You either do that, or you really say, okay, all of you, sin and, you know, go and sit no more. And then we start a new slate. But these are, these are very, very fine uh, for Nigeria and fine times for the people. When I say Nigeria, I'm talking about the people. Yes. The other man of the because the price of petrol has just increased this afternoon in Lagos mm-hmm. to 495, it was 488, 497, sorry. So, and that is this afternoon. Well, um, it, it, as you said, it is very trying. And um, I dare say that even though to see people held accountable may not in itself bring immediate relief to the people, at least it also um, does serve, as, serve perhaps as a warning to those who might want to um, uh, gain any future system that may or may not be um, put in place to, particularly when it comes to the issue of palliatives that are supposed to be put in place to relieve Nigeria, because we've seen it in too many um, too many fields, whether it's um, giving people jobs and then you now pay somebody to do the job for you yes. and you collect part of it. It's as though um, you said that economic policy is designed to change human behavior. Do you think that we're really getting to that um, kind of change? No, we're not, we're not getting there. You see, and at times, the policy, what you hope to get, you get the counterproductive outcomes. So, for now, it depends on the resolution, the, the resoluteness of the uh, power that be to go after, to stop this bad behavior. But you cannot, you cannot say no bad idea and condone it or practice it yourself. So we are, um, this is a point of inflection for Nigeria. And everybody is observing very closely Indeed. as to one, the total impact of the policy, and two, the genuineness of those who are, who are talking about change. Thank you so much, Bismarck. I Thank really you. appreciate your coming on to this show. And um, I want to say um, thank you also to Sandra for hosting me. <laughs> thank you very much. It was a pleasure, Yobe. Thank you so much for joining.